Hey, guess what, folks? We got two brand new sponsors for the month of March. I'm really excited about, and they both start with the letter H. How awesome is that? I'm, you're just going to have to guess. You're going to have to guess about them. I'm not going to tell you until later, but I think you're going to like it. All right? Okay, let's do the show. This is The Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. What's up, people? Welcome to The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. This is episode 38. Thanks for listening. We got Mike Hurley on the show today. Mike Hurley. I've wanted to talk to Mike for a long time. In fact, I've known Mike for quite a long time. He was one of the first people I got advice from when I wanted to start my own podcast. We actually never had been on the same podcast before, to my knowledge. He's definitely never been on my show. And this is actually also the first two-parter in Gently Mad history, all right? So this is just part one. We talked for a long time. He's doing some pretty amazing stuff with his podcast network, Relay.fm. And so we talked for the first hour just about his journey into podcasting and more than that, really, his decision to follow this dream of his no matter how hard it was or how long it took. And as you'll hear, it took him quite a few years to get there, but he finally got there and it it was a great conversation. There's a lot that I didn't know about Mike that I found out, a lot of fun getting to talk to him in this format that I kind of do on this show and a lot of uh, inspirational stuff here. I know that I kind of uh, poo-poo, if you will, the inspirational, the tactical But Mike definitely has an inspiring story, and it was great to get to talk to him about it. So I'm excited to talk to Mike on today's episode and Friday's episode, because it's a two-parter. The second part, we dove into his show Inquisitive. He recently just turned the whole thing upside down and has turned it into a show that is amazing. I mean, not that it wasn't amazing before, but this is a show that he's done for years under a different name under various different names, actually, and decided that he wanted to try something different with it, even though there was a risk of losing the audience that he'd built. But he did, and he doubled the audience of the show day one with the new format of the show. And so we, we got all into that in the second part. So you want to make sure and listen to that. That was it was a fascinating conversation as well. Ah, Monday. It's Monday. But you know what? Here's the thing, guys. I'm I'm choosing to be positive. I'm I'm gonna be a half glass gla- what? I'm I'm gonna be a glass half full guy instead of glass half empty. All right. I'm not gonna start being inspirational guy because I suck at being inspirational guy because I'm really not inspirational guy. But you know. A, a lot of this, a lot of this stuff is mindset and I've been stressed out. I mean, stressed the fuck out for longer than I can remember. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being stressed out and I'm choosing to be happy, I'm choosing to be grateful for the things that are going well in my life. Um, many of you have commented on last Friday's episode with when I had my wife on the show and how how kind of raw and honest that episode was. And it was. I, I was a little uncomfortable with some of the faults that she was sharing about me. But that's okay. That's why I wanted her there to do that. And, uh, you know, a lot of you seem to like that. If you, if you want more of that, let me know. 
because I can I can get here get her on here anytime. Basically, I mean she's a room away, as it were. So, Adam at avclark.com. If you want more Jessica Clark on the Adam Clark Show, so that was a fun one. Definitely fun, uncomfortable but fun to do. So yeah, I'm choosing the positive. I'm choosing to just fuck my stress, basically. You know what? I don't care. I don't care how stressed out I am. I've got a lot of great things going. And and there's my phone, probably alerting me to another great thing. Oh, no, that was just a Twitter retweet. Well, Twitter retweets, those are good, right? So, hey, yay for me, a Twitter retweet at midnight. So there's something. I want to say thanks to several people who uh, more and more of you guys are jumping on board and donating to this show. And that really means a lot to me because I, you know, I just, I, you know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you guys are jumping in and kicking in a few bucks. Some of you a lot more than a few bucks. And I really appreciate it. I want to say thank you to the latest people who have done that in the last week, David Tennant, Melissa Hendrickson, and Charlene Turner. Thank you very much for donating money to this show. It's helpful. Trust me, it is definitely helpful. We've got a third kid on the way. I have insurance now. I feel like a fucking grown-up, man. I'm like, I'm 35 and I finally have insurance. But it's ridiculous. It's the most expensive bill that I have is my insurance. But I had to get it because we're having a baby. And that and that costs, I don't even, I don't even want to imagine what it costs. And honestly, I need it because my other two girls are seven and six at this point. And it's just a matter of time until someone breaks an arm. I mean, that's the age I was when I started doing that stuff. So it was time to do it. It was time to grow up and do it. So that's what I'm trying to do, okay? I'm trying to grow up and stop whining all the time. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to stick, okay? It doesn't feel very comfortable. This this uh, this new, I'm going to be happy, Adam, doesn't feel very comfortable. But I'm trying it, at least. We'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. I hope you're having a good Monday. Wait a minute. How many times have I said Monday? Shit, it's Wednesday. See? (laughs) I've been so happy, I don't even know what day it is. That's not true. I've been so stressed, I don't even know what day it is. But again, let's let's, let's turn lemons into lemonade here. I've been so, so joyful, so overflowing with excitement about life that I didn't even know what day it is. It's Wednesday, people, not Monday. Jeez. Anyway, I hope you're having a good Wednesday, all right? I'm happy that you're listening to this show. Thanks for taking the time and giving me giving me your ears, lending me your ear for, for however long the show ends up being. I appreciate it, and I'm glad you're here. So we're going to get right into this conversation with Mr. Mike Hurley after this brief word from our brand new sponsors. The Gently Mad is brought to you by Hover. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. Now, I'm not just saying that. I've been a Hover customer for years, and when I first discovered Hover, I moved all my domains over to Hover immediately. You want to know why? Because they have a phone number. I mean, how many domain name registrars do you know that has a phone number that you can call and speak to an actual human without a long hold time and get any question you need answered? Maybe I'm just old fashioned, but that meant a lot to me. And in fact, that's intentional. I talked to Michael Keshin, who works at Hover, and here's what he had to say. I keep a close eye on the social media interactions and and do many of them myself. And what I notice is, We'll get a lot of people who, you know, they'll be having some sort of problem with with a competitor of ours and they'll say, oh, you know, I won't name a name, but, you know, this company, uh, you know, they're telling me I have to wait, blah, 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 and they can't help me with whatever. And then, they're, and then the response from them is like, sorry about that. We'd be happy to help you with ticket number, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just completely <laughs> not personalized at all. And then, you know, someone will come in and say, dude, go to hover now please you know like they'll help you with whatever and then even i'll jump in sometimes on behalf of hover and say totally yeah we'll be glad to help you 
call us right now with whatever. So if you're like me and you care about that personal touch, then trust me, go to Hover.com and try it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And if it's your first purchase at Hover, use the promo code TGM at checkout and get 10% off your order. We're also sponsored by Harvest. Harvest is a beautiful app for tracking time, creating invoices, and generating just about every kind of report you could imagine. I've been a customer for at least five years now, and I don't think you could pay me to switch away. It's an amazing service. I called up Elena, whose job title is Harvest Expert. I called her the old-fashioned way with an actual telephone. Can you give me Harvest in 20 words or less? Oh, man. Okay. Um, let's see. Harvest is easy time tracking, beautiful invoicing, powerful reporting. I think that that was... That was... Yeah, that works. I was definitely that, under 20 words. <laughs> definitely. So there you have it. Easy time tracking, beautiful invoicing, and powerful reporting. That's why I use them. My invoices look amazing, and they're easy to send out, and I get paid faster. So go to getharvest.com and start tracking time and sending invoices painlessly. The first month is already free, and after that 30-day trial is over, you can use the promo code TGM at checkout and get 50% off your first paying month. Do it. I think we've waited long enough. It's time to talk to Mr. Mike Hurley with his beautiful British accent. Let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Mike Hurley. All right. Nailed take, it. Take take yeah. three with Mike yes, Hurley. Sorry, <laughs> dude, you're you're a professional podcaster. You run a podcast network. I'm podcasting full time now as well, and, and and we can't even record with like a podcast. What's the deal here, yeah. man? I've been having I've bought a Mac Pro recently, and I'm having some serious issues with it. Like last night, I was recording a show. It's like the third time it's done this, and I look over and I can still hear everything, and everyone can still hear me. But the entire UI of the Mac is locked up, so I lose the recordings. Like it's been happening a few times, and I was fiddling around with some stuff last night to hopefully try and fix it, and I seem to have just whacked everything out. But it should all be back in place now. That is not a good sign because I myself have been looking at upgrading and going the Mac Pro route, but now you just made me question my my choices here. I don't think the Mac Pro is the problem. Uh, I'm using this like USB adapter thing for my old mixer called the Griffin iMic. It's like this super old thing, mm. and mm. I thought it was. I think it's overloading something. So I'm I don't know, man. Gonna Oh, go ahead. Sorry, you're gonna what? I was, I was probably gonna get a USB audio interface rather than this big, old clunky Mackie Firewire thing that I got. Okay, so yeah, I I've been having a lot of yeah, this is I'm sure listeners are fascinated by this, but I, I've been I've been having a lot of issues too. Um, like I've got I've, I'm still running a well a one year old 13 inch MacBook Pro. It's a little over a year old now, but it's the one that came out about a year ago and. 13-inch MacBook Pro Retina, um, fully maxed out. I maxed out everything, um, solid state all around. And um, I've never had issues with it, with, with anything. And and I've had so many issues over the last, you know, basically the only thing I can trace it to is the upgrade to Yosemite. I mean, that's when things started going wrong. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious if, I mean, some part of me is tempted to just wipe it and go back to Mavericks because... Um, that's the only thing I can trace these issues to is stuff crashing, constantly getting messages like, you know, when you're recording, it'll pop up and say your computer is running too slow. We we have to reduce the, you know, sometimes I record video interviews and I have to reduce mm-hmm. the frame rate or whatever. And that, that kind of stuff never happened. And I mean, you're kind of a Mac expert, I would say. I mean, you talk a lot about Macs. 
Are there, is there a problem with Yosemite? I mean, are, am I am I saying stuff that is uh, brand new to you, news to you, or like this is common what you're what I'm saying? I guess I've had more problems with Yosemite than when I was running Mavericks or or like Snow Leopard or whatever. And yeah. I wouldn't have upgrade. I wouldn't have wanted to have Yosemite on this Mac Pro, um, but I kind of didn't have a choice because I bought it new. But you could still downgrade it, couldn't you? Maybe. I mean, I, I've not done it myself. Then it can be that can be a difficult process to do. But I'll look into it. But I don't know if there's stuff that's going on in Mavericks that's particular uh, in Yosemite that's particularly bad for audio and video production. But I guess it's the same with any kind of new-ish OS that there's going to be these weird performance bugs that we're only going to really sort of work out once it's out in the wild. I just hope that they continue to fix stuff, I guess. Yeah, well, this is the first time I've talked about Mac. Um, I say Mac. It's the first time I've talked about Apple or Mac products on the show, <laughs> which is ironic that it's the show you're on because you talk <laughs> a lot about this kind of stuff. But um, but I'm I'm an always an early adopter because I'm a tinkerer. You know, I like messing with stuff and I like uh, I like seeing what's new. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not so much from the like I've got to have the latest thing before my friends get it. You know, I don't care about that. I'm not the kind of person who's going to stay up till three in the morning to pre-order the new whatever. But whenever a new OS comes out or a new thing comes out, I definitely go check it out. And if I can afford it, you know, I get it. Um, but uh, I've never had problems like this before. I mean, every time a new OS has come out, I've upgraded as soon as it was available. Um, some of them I even upgraded with the betas when I, you know, since I have that kind of access. But um, Yosemite, I upgraded when it was available, and I've just had so many problems, man. And uh, I don't know. I'm really tempted. To, uh, I don't know what the problem is. But, yeah. So can you can you tech support me here? Can you help me? Uh, no. Go to the genius bar. <laughs> uh, well, it's great to talk to you because uh, we've known each other for quite some time. And this is the first time we've ever, I believe, the first time we've ever spoken together on a podcast. Is that right? I think so. I don't know if, I can't remember if you had me on the previous version of the show. No, I didn't. And the only thing I'm thinking of is that maybe there was an episode of something with good stuff, which is a a network. Those of you that don't know, a network that I started with Chris Enns and Tim Smith last year, about a year ago. There may have been a show sometime in the last year that you know, you were you were a guest on last minute yeah. to replace someone, but I think actually you came on when like when I was not available. So, anyway, yeah, that might have been the case, but yeah. <laughs> the point is, we've known each other for a couple of years, and we're both in this podcasting thing kind of full time. And I think this is the first time we've ever been on a show together. So, I don't know if this is going to be one of those sort of like uh, Marvel comics, like the whole course of the universe is now altered post uh, Mike Adam you know, podcast conversation alignment or what? It's like a singularity. Yeah. The podcasting infrastructure and the world around it is just going to fold in on itself now. It's kind of it. So (laughs) this is it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is, man. And uh, anyway, I'm definitely excited to have you on the show. And uh, when I asked you to send me, you know, I asked everyone to send me a bio, a little behind the scenes there for those of you listening. Um, and you just sent co-founder of Relay FM, mm-hmm. which I was like, um, I was like, come on, Mike. Mike is so much more than the co-founder uh, of Relay.fm. I hate you know? bios. I hate <laughs> bios. I hate writing like about, you know, like you got, got to write your about page or whatever. Yeah. I have always hated doing it. I never know what to say. So when I see something like that, I'm like, yeah, I'll just give you what's on my Twitter bio. Like, I'm just not. What do you hate I, about I, it? It just frustrates me to be like, okay, now you have to yourself sum yourself up in a few lines. It's kind of like, I don't even know what to say. Like, what do you want? Like, because it's like for different people, like things, it, like they want to see different things and, and like in different worlds, it's different stuff. Like, you know, you might get some world where people want to know how many people listen to me every week and that's like a measure of success. Or maybe some people just want to know the name of the show that I've done or they want to know where I grew up and how long I've been using Apple products. 
Like <laughs> a, writing a bio is just like this. Who are you writing it for? What does it mean? So I kind of just like to keep it simple or stupid. Uh, you know, like just write something silly or, or whatever. Um, I guess it does kind of, I guess you do have to kind of know who your audience is to write a bio. Cause you're right. We're all as humans far more complex than a simple about page can do justice to. It's like this, uh, it's like this mind game that you can't win because when you're writing an about page or a bio, we all have in our heads, you know, we're writing it for people reading it, you know, knowing that people are going to read it. You know, it's like if you write a journal that, you know, you are never going to give to anyone, that's going to be completely different than a journal that you expect your grandkids to pick up someday. You know what I mean? Yep. Let and me so, read you my bio from uh, our website. I'll read their website. Okay. Maybe a little bit more full for you. Uh, Mike Hurley is a co-founder of Relay FM. So I've got that bit in again. Uh, and that British guy you keep hearing on podcasks, he's been talking <laughs> into a microphone since 2005 and lives just outside of London with his sticker-covered MacBook Pro. Nice. There you go. But I feel like that still is just like, uh, I still feel like that is, um, that's just all surface level. Like, who are you, Mike Hurley? What, <laughs> what, 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 what matters to you in the world? And it's got to be more than a sticker-covered MacBook Pro and a microphone. Well, I mean, everyone has the normal things, like my family and my girlfriend are important to me. Like, that's just just whatever. But see, these I don't days... Hear you t- I don't hear you talk about that a lot, though. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, well, I have the I have analog, right, which is a show where we kind of mm-hmm. like lay out on the line a lot and just talk about feelings. But I try and, uh, to, to a point, keep a lot of that sort of stuff separate to this kind of stuff um, because I find like and we've, we've spoken about it on that show before it's like those people in my life like my family um, the people that are closest to me they have not asked to be spoken about spoken about um, yeah. in front of people like that's kind of like I, I try and just keep a separation as much as I can and, and I, I talk about things where necessary but but yeah. not completely I mean but now like my life um, in the last maybe three or four months uh, has been completely dominated by the fact that I am now doing the job that I've wanted to do for half a decade. Like, yeah, you know, that that's kind of like right now I feel like I've, I've completed my greatest achievement. Well, I can't, um, I can't wait to get into that because that's something I really want to talk to you about. But um Okay, so just some personal background because, like, honestly, I've known you for a couple of years, and I don't even know these things. And I just it okay. just struck me how how kind of private you are. So if if some of these questions are like I don't want to talk about that stuff, that's totally fine. But I just realized that you know I've been listening to you on podcasts for years, and I've known you for a couple of years, and there's and actually I don't really know a lot about you. So like, uh, actually. Uh, where, for example, where are you living these days? I know you moved when you uh, joined Five by Five, and um, I guess give me give me the brief uh, for those of you who may not, for people who may not be familiar with you. You know, you used to have a podcast network called, called Seventy Decibels, and you lived in England, and you know, you know the the Five by Five story. The you know the just kind of catch us up the last few years here. Okay, so uh, I've. I've always lived in England. I still live in England. Uh, I used to live in the center of London, uh, in East London, in the what is now kind of the new business financial district, like mm-hmm. where I grew up. Uh, I now live in a suburb outside of London. Um, in a, in, it's in a different county, but it's just kind of on the edge of London in a county called Essex is where I live at the moment. Um, and yeah, so my kind of my background in 2010, I started a podcast with a friend of mine. Um, and it was kind of just like, a, we never expected it to be anything other than we used to have phone calls every week, at least once a week, maybe a couple of times where people talk about technology and movies and stuff and the things that we enjoyed. So we decided that we would start putting these on the calendar and we would, we would record, like we would just record these shows or these conversations and turn them into shows. What were, what were these calls? Were these just like, um, you know, like I've got a college buddy and, and we, we talk about once a week, just kind of catch up on life and what's going on. Was it that kind of thing or was it a little more intentional than that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, was it was it more intentional or was it just a, a, a good friend that you talk to every week about stuff? 
well, that was how, where, it, like, we were just, we were, like, we were best friends. Uh, we lived together for a few years when we were growing up. Like, we are thick as thieves is a, is a term that we would use it. Yeah. Um, and uh, we we used to just talk a lot on the phone and we would find that a lot of those conversations were about like our shared interests. So yeah. then then we decided that we would make them intentional and we would record them. And uh, obviously, okay. you know, in the show, we stripped out all the personal stuff and it mm-hmm. was just about like the, the topics that we were talking about. Um, and that and was mostly, that was, that was mostly like, what were those topics? Um, well, we, we started off with like uh, tech news, uh, movie and video game reviews, that kind of thing. Uh, so we kind of covered quite a wide gamut, and then we did that for a few months, and then we started to we started to find a very small audience, but an audience nonetheless. Um, and then, kind of within that, um, there's a friend of mine, a guy named Patrick Roan, who writes a great site called Minimal Mac. He found out mm-hmm. about the show and wanted to come on the show and. We thought that would be great. So we had him on as a guest. And then from there, we kind of uh, found ourselves into this little community of, of really interesting writers and, and creative people that, that Patrick was a part of. We kind of found our way into that yeah. and started bringing more and more of those people onto our show. And it kind of went from there. And like, so that show I've been doing every Wednesday since 2010 but over the course of the last five years it's taken a few different forms yeah it's evolved and changed names a couple times and yeah networks and so in 2010 though um was that when you you said you've been podcasting since 2005 which i didn't know that so um was 2010 when you kind of got that bug you were kind of bit with that i want to do this full time or had that had did you that happen in 2005 so what I've just realized is that there was some, there's, there is something wrong in my bio. It's actually 2010. Five years, but 2010. So oh, I'm going to change okay. my bio right now. <laughs> I'm, I've been misleading people and telling them that I've been podcasting for 10 years, but I, I haven't. Uh, five years is when it, so that was when I started in 2010. That was what I started with was that show. Okay. And so from what I know, um, that show led to you launching the 70 Decibels Podcast Network and you, you got a few other shows and other people and and that went well for a while. I, I'm, I don't know why I'm telling your story, but <laughs> that went well for a while. And you connected with Dan Benjamin, who people may or may not have heard of, um, but is the founder of the 5x5 podcast network. And um, I'm not sure if 70 Decibels was officially acquired or you just shut it down and went to work with Dan. But a lot of your shows moved over to 5x5 and you did that for a while and then um, recently, more recently, you know, not within the last couple of months, but, you know, um, the most recent thing, big shift for you is you left 5x5 and founded your own podcast network called um, Relay FM. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that we, we kind of merged with 5x5 is probably the best way to put it. Like mm. we just took our shows and, and put them there. It was like a kind of an agreement between us. And it, what it did is allowed me to focus on things that weren't infrastructure, which was really good for me uh, yeah. to learn how to do this stuff from a content perspective. So it allowed me to focus a lot more on that and not have to worry about all of the other bits that go along with with uh, trying to create podcasts and a podcast network. Because I was at the time... Uh, I was working a full-time job and doing right. doing the recording in my evening. So it was difficult to manage it all. So it made sense for us to go and work with Dan. Um, and then we decided, um, myself and Stephen Hackett, who's my best friend and co-founder, um, we decided that we would go out and uh, forge our own path. And Because I kind of felt like I'd achieved everything that I needed to and wanted to at 5x5. Five five, and it was time to kind of make my own goals again and we decided that we would work together on it and create Relay FM. And your best friend Stephen Hackett is not the best friend that you started that original show with five years ago. Yeah, see I'm one of those people that has many best friends <laughs> and like I refer to all of my friends as my best friends. Right. You know, like basically if you take any of my hosts uh, on on our network that I record with, uh, I consider them all my best friends. Right. So I'm going to be very confusing in that when I keep saying, oh, my best friend Federico, That's oh, okay. my best friend Casey. You know, it will just yeah. carry on going. But yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Tell me about the time, that moment when, you know, you you did kind of get 
bitten, as it were. You know, I don't know why I keep using the word bitten. It's because I recently watched a vampire movie, so I'm thinking about biting a lot. But, um, you know, that experience when you you realized this is wow. You know, this is the thing I want to do. And and clearly, you know, you didn't grow up preparing to be a podcaster. None of us did because it wasn't around way back then. And um, but what was that moment like when you when you realized uh, I, I want to I'm I am making it my mission to do this full time somehow some way someday. I think the first time that it became a, a thing for me it was I mentioned Patrick Roan uh, of Manimal Mac and my second podcast was a show that I did with him called Enough. And on the day that Enough launched. Um, it was like the first episode. I think it had like 10,000 downloads and it went to number two overall in the iTunes store. Wow. First episode. And, yeah. The first episode. Wow. And, uh, what he, time frame website, was this? This was like 2011. Okay. All right. Maybe, maybe late 2010, early 2011. Okay. Um, cause Pat had quite a big following and does have a big following, especially with minimal Mac. It was a popular website. And, um, it was kind of at that point where I was like, okay, like clearly I can do this. I mean, and I was nowhere near as confident then, like in the first few episodes, I barely said a word. Um, cause I didn't really understand the hosting type thing, you know, like how to do that and when to open my mouth and when to keep it shut. Right. Um, I still it, don't understand that. <laughs> nobody does really, but you kind of can just get varying levels of it. But it, it was something that, I, at that point, like I remember that evening and, uh, I was telling people, I was like, you know, this is just incredible. Like I was completely blown away. There was no way I expected to do it. The funny thing was, I, I believe if, if my memory serves that back to work, Merlin man and Dan Benjamin show also launched that week and they were the ones holding us off the top spot. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, that's, that's okay. It's okay. If you can say, yeah. you know, I, the only reason I wasn't number one was because of Merlin man. I mean, that's still like kind of being number one. So <laughs> exactly. But it was just this funny kind of thing where it was like, Oh, okay. And it was kind of at that point where I was like, right, I'm going to start setting my goals here and, and let's start thinking about this as a serious thing. Cause clearly, clearly I can do it was, you know, was what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I'm curious um, what you love. I mean, I think we all come to our various careers and our various choices for different reasons, different things. I'm sure that you and I even love podcasting for different reasons and, you know, hence why we have very different shows. But what is it that you love about podcasting? What was it about it in that moment that, that you just, that was like a high, like you're like, I've, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. If I can. I'm a, I'm a creative person. Like many people, probably most of the people listening to the show can like, can hold their hand up and say, you know, I am creative. Yeah. Um, and I have things to say and I, and I tried to blog, you know, I tried to be a blogger. I tried to do that. <laughs> But I find the process of writing to be extremely frustrating um, ah. at scale. I so and, identify with that. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, did you, I'm sorry, I want to hear the answer to your question, but so was podcasting at all a reaction to, I have stuff to say, but I really struggle when I try to write it. But uh, I'm saying this because this was my experience is that I've tried to blog for since 2002 when I started my first blog off and on and I always failed. It's always failed. And, um, and then when I started podcasting, it just, it clicked. Finally, I don't know, for some reason I was able to say what I wanted to say in a way that I couldn't with writing. So was podcasting a bit of a reaction to, um, having stuff to say, but not being able to get it out on paper? 100%. Like 100% yeah. is what it was. Like for me, it was just, I just really struggled to have the commitment to sit and write and edit and write and edit and write and podcasting. I mean, you can, you can spend like three or four hours on a 30 minute show. Like I'm doing that now. So, you know, I mentioned the, the weekly Wednesday show, which is currently called inquisitive and I've completely changed the format as of like this week. And it's a much more heavily produced show. It's like 40 minutes, but it's taken months and months of work to get, you know, it's, it's more kind of like NPR style, mm -hmm. um, in its approach, right? So it's, it's a totally different thing. It's something I'm really excited about. 
Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I missed that. So wait a minute. You're saying currently inquisitive is that way or you're changing inquisitive to make it that way? As we're recording, I changed it yesterday. Oh, wow. So is, so we, is the new style, the new uh, format, is there an episode like that out yet? Yeah, it's it's episode 27. It's called Behind the App Number 1. I'm doing a, a kind of a a look at what it's like to be an app developer. Um, I've spoken to a bunch of people and we've put together some really cool interviews and lots of narration and research and stuff. It's a very, very different type of production with lots of music and things like that as part of it. That's very interesting. I've heard, I heard that episode mentioned, I saw it tweeted or saw something about it. Um, So, and I, I didn't know that it was, I mean, that's probably why. So, um, but anyway, you were telling me about, uh, what you love about podcasting, you know, it was partly a reaction to you weren't able to really get what you wanted to say out in blog form, but, um, what else, what else about it? I mean, it's just a creative, it's, it's a really great creative outlet for me. And the, one of the great things about podcasting is the audience that you create. Like I've found that the people that listen to my shows are so engaged and they, they, they want to share things with me and they talk to me and and we just have this incredible like community of people. And I've made some great friends because they were listeners of shows and it's like this incredible thing. And, And people that I know that have done other stuff, like who have, written and they have great popular blogs and stuff they they say that their podcast audience is the the most loyal the most awesome of yeah. all of the audiences that they have and, and i think it's because of the intimacy of you know putting somebody's voice into your ears by choice and listening to them uh yeah you get to hear hear exactly the words that they're speaking as they're speaking them you know, you get to hear their the inflections in their voice and the way that they talk. And when you're reading something, you can it can be a lot more cold, or you you interpret it in different ways. But this is just kind of like a conversation that you're sitting in on, yeah. and uh, that does something in people's brains, I believe that that makes them feel a part of it. And it's this thing where it makes podcasting so special, and it's why I love it. Um, yeah, and and it's why I love it as a creator, but love it as a as a like ferocious listener as well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I feel all those things. I mean, there are there are a lot of reasons why, you know, podcasting seems to connect with people in a different way, in a, you know, I wouldn't say a new way because it's been around. I mean, radio's been around forever, but there's a reason that radio, you know, connects with people in the way that it does. Um, but I'm curious to know for you, I still haven't figured out for me like why the writing failed because I think I'm a decent writer. I mean, I had a whole career in journalism and I always wanted to be a writer. That was the thing. I wanted to be a writer my whole life. And even though I think I'm a decent writer, um, writing is so hard. It just is so hard. I don't know what, what it is about it, but it's, um, it's so much harder than podcasting. But I don't know why, because, you know, the same thing with writing, you know, the, like you said, you get the editing and the, the rewriting and that whole process takes so long. Well, just like you, you know, I spend hours editing my show, you know, and yet I don't mind that. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if you have thoughts as to why people like us, who I imagine if you decided to write, it would be good. You know, I, I, I doubt that you're, a terrible writer, but I'm, I'm curious to know if you, if you have any thoughts as to like why it's, it's easier for us to podcast. Like, what is it about it that, that, uh, cause it's the same stuff, you know, the stuff is in our heads. We're just getting it out in a different way. Um, and I've never been able to figure out like why I could have success with podcasting, but I just never could as a writer. I think it maybe engages a different part of your brain, um, like when you're creating it, when you're editing it, than when you're writing things and editing writing. I think that there's a, there's, it's it's doing something, it's triggering something else, and also the editing process, whilst it can be long, it's very different. I mean, I know that a lot of the times, a lot of the shows I do, they, we don't do an awful lot of editing to them. We don't do content editing. We do like just audio production editing mm-hmm. um, so it just sounds the best it can but we don't tinker with what's said and, and I am a 
big believer in that, you know, like leaving the conversation as it is to flow the way it naturally flows. Yeah. Unless you're making a show like, you know, we are now, that its whole purpose is it's it's journalism through the art of storytelling. So it needs to be more heavily edited. Yeah. But when you're heavily editing something like that, you're you're making something and, and the edit is a lot different. Like when you've written, you've already done the making and you're just tweaking the words. But when you're editing a, an audio podcast and you're putting a lot of work into it, you're actually creating more of a story there as well because yeah. you're pe- picking apart the pieces that make sense where they need to go, but you're not doing minute edits. Like I can't imagine, or at least I know that I don't, you take like one word out here, take one word in here. Mm-hmm. Oh, change that one, change this one because you can't because it's already recorded uh-huh. so like you know you can't go you can't go in now and change me from you know saying the word blue to saying the word apple because you know well you've got it now but like <laughs> i didn't say it you know right so you can't change it i mean you could re-record your own voice but that would be kind of like insane making um, yeah so i think it's you you kind of work within the constraints that are given to you because the audio that you've already created is a kind of unchangeable to a point and they should yeah. get crazy about it. And I think that that editing process makes it more of a creative process than a like an arduous task that you have to do to make it perfect when you're writing. Yeah, well, you're right. Maybe it does engage a different part of the brain. You know, the editing of a podcast, you know, appeals to the, the tech nerd in me. You know, I'm playing with audio software and I'm, you know, it, it feels like I'm like you said, like creating something versus, you know, pouring over uh, pages and and making grammar notes and stuff like that. And and maybe podcasting, I was going to say, maybe it's just easier. I don't know if that's that's actually probably not true. It's it's probably easier in the beginning. Um, it's not easy to be a great podcaster, but it's probably a little easier in the beginning to just turn on a microphone and start talking than it is to start writing because you can't really you can't really do that self-edit that you do when you're writing when you're podcasting you know you know how when you're writing and you you go back three words and then you erase mm-hmm. that whole sentence and it just takes forever you can't really do that when you're talking you know <laughs> i guess if we could do that we probably have better podcasts but um <laughs> you can't you can't really self-edit you just talk you know but um but yeah, so, so so you you were doing this. You said you started making plans then, back way back then, when you realized this is something I really enjoy. You know, um, what were those? What kind of plans were those? Were, were they? I'm I'm curious about people who plan because I'm I'm not a big planner. This year I've kind of changed some things and I'm planning a bit more. But were you like making very specific like? like chess pieces, you know, step one, I've got to do this and step two, I've got to do this. And by the time I get to step 10, I will be a full-time podcaster or, or was it much looser than that? So I think kind of like there were goals and then there was like a, a limit. Once you've reached a certain limit, you're good to do it. And like the limit was kind of, you have to make consistently the same amount, if not more money from podcasting than you do from your day job. And then once you've done that and you're confident that it's not a fluke, then you're good to go. And, but then within that, there were a bunch of goals that I believed that I would have to set before I could achieve this or things that I wanted to do so I could end up achieving it. So it was like, you know, uh, have a show. Well, I don't know, like have of all of the shows that you do reach a hundred thousand downloads in a month. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, that was a goal that I, that I completed. And then like one goal was just like get advertising yeah, because mm-hmm. these are going back a long time. So and so it was like great. So I'd done that. You know, like find a show that that has ten thousand people a week, twenty thousand people a week, thirty thousand people a week, and kind of, you know, th- going from there and being like just building on these things and building on these things. And then it was a case of that. You know, I have a very plain goal of I want to be on five by five. Like that was a goal that I had, and I achieved it. Um, was and, that and an, I, was that an initial goal, or did that? come later like were you aware of five by five and all that stuff um back when you decided you wanted to be a podcaster full-time yeah yeah it was very early on for me i mean i i'd started podcasting before i found five by five but it was very much around the same time um and as soon as like as soon as they really kicked off with all the shows that they were doing they had loads of great shows um like you know the talk show and build and analyze back to work hypercritical like my favorite shows when i heard all of those and heard the quality and heard how good they were yeah 
I wanted to do that. You know, I wanted to be a part of that as well. Yeah, I remember when we first spoke a couple of years ago, uh, it was when I was going to create the first iteration of the Gently Mad and I called you up for advice. I don't remember how I, I think I just stumbled across 70 decibels and um, I thought, well, this guy knows what he's doing, so I'll ask him. <laughs> and, um, and I remember right at that time, I think I broached the topic to you of like, you know, would you be interested in having this show on your network or a show on your network? And you said, uh, probably, but I can't talk about it right now because um, some things are happening that, you know, I really can't talk about. And what that and what was happening that I didn't know at the time was that you were going to be merging with five by five. And I remember talking to you during that time and how excited you were. And it seemed like at the time you thought that joining with Dan and five by five was going to be your ticket to quitting your job and doing this full time. Um, and you had some goals about doing that within a specific amount of time, but that didn't end up happening. And so just tell me about that experience of joining five by five and, and what you thought was going to happen, but what didn't happen and just, you know, what life was like during that period. Well, you know, it was incredible because I, I, you know, I achieved what I really wanted and I really wanted to work with Dan and I wanted to learn, um, from him and from the stuff that those guys were doing there. And, and I feel like I did. Uh, and it, it really helped kind of put me and the shows that we were doing and like my co-hosts and stuff, it put us on the map in that space, which was great. And it, and it kind of opened us up to, to a wider audience and to more interesting people and, you know, like it helped me book more guests and stuff like that because there was an inbuilt level of respect for that network at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and still now, you know, um, but it was kind of just like the, the thing was like there was money coming in and, and the money was okay. And it was, it was, you know, at times it was pretty good too. Like, but I think ultimately five by five wasn't my business and, and what and it ended up coming to a point where I felt like for me to feel secure, uh, like personally i would want to be calling the shots yeah. um and and that just felt like something that i really wanted to do like we could have stayed a five by five forever and it would have been great but it was just kind of like i felt like i wanted to be fully in control again because i had a taste of that before and also i felt like i'd achieved everything you know that was kind of the main yeah. thing for me was like i achieved my dream right which was to be as a part of five by five and once you kind of achieved your dream, like, what do you do? Like, you can either just sit there and be happy about it or you find another dream. And I did. And it was to start Relay FM. Well, I mean, I, I guess I feel like um, uh, part of the dream with 5x5, five five, um, based on conversation we had at the time, was that, you know, you thought you were going to be able to, you know, go full time with podcasting faster than you would have just continuing with 70 decibels. And so I guess the question I'm asking is, is what, what, what did you think was going to happen going in to five by five that uh, didn't end up happening? Um, I think the question like that you're asking, it sounds like it's leading a little bit. I mean, I'm, thing not, was, trying, I'm like, not trying to lead. I'm just saying, I know that, you know, that, that, um, you know, because you had told me you were hoping that you know that you were going to go full time, and I just know that that didn't happen. So maybe I'm maybe I'm shooting at like there's nothing here. I'm not trying to dig up something that's not there, but I just get the sense or the impression that you know. Um, well, I'm just asking you, you know, uh, what it was like. What you know? I think basically it did. So being on five by five got me to be full time quicker. But the thing was, it just for me worked out better when I was at Relay. And I think it was simply because, you know, there's the idea of owning the business and feeling comfortable in knowing everything about the business 100% and being completely in control of it gave me, and it wasn't even so much the financial security, but just gave me the personal security in knowing that I was at the helm. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, I was a host on Dan's network. It was his company. 5x5 Five Five is his company. And he could have done and, you know, and was able to do whatever he wanted. And that's perfectly fine. And it kind of goes the same for the people that are part of Relay. Like, I think everybody understands that Relay is, is mine and Stevens, and we all work together on it and we have a great relationship. But 
I think if I was part of Relay in the same way that when I was part of 5x5, I don't know if I would say, right, I'm going to like just quit my job now, do nothing else, and just hope that Relay will support me forever. Because it's very different when you don't own the company. And because we're not big industries, like we don't pay salaries, you know? So it's like I'm, I'm taking a risk by doing this because every month the income comes or it doesn't and it's down to me. And that I'm more comfortable in making that decision when it's up to me rather than when it's up to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, I just realized that the, the question I was trying to ask that I very poorly asked was that, um, well, because first of all, I'm fascinated about business and, you know, a lot of times we do things and and I'm fascinated with failure because I've failed a lot and, and, and I don't think, you, I'm not saying that you failed, but I guess the, the question I was getting at is that, um, when you went into that with five by five, you know, did you think at the time that that was the dream that you were going to work full time and it was going to be with five by five? And then later you realized, actually, I'm not really going to be completely satisfied until I'm on my own, you know, or, or did you know that, that that was really what I was getting at? Like, right. you know, when you went into it, did you think that was what you really wanted? And then you discovered that wasn't actually what you really wanted. Um, it definitely was like, um, and when I was there, like leading up to it, it was like, you know, this is it. Like I'm, I've made it now. Yeah. This is it. But I think if I hadn't, um, I've, I've started 70 decibels before that, then maybe I would have never started relay. And it was just because after yeah. a while I was just kind of pining for the control again, you know, to set my own direction and to do things the way that I want. And if we want to try something experimental, like it's up to me to try it. Like I don't have to ask anybody, you know? And, and that's that's kind of like those those little things are the difference, you know? Like Steven, Steven said this week, and I completely agree with him, like this new format that we have for Inquisitive, it, it was very experimental and we're taking a risk on it because exper- like Inquisitive was a, already a popular show and we could have killed it, you know, by doing this. Um, but because we you know, we own the whole stack. Like it's all ours. We can choose to do things as we want to do them. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing for me now is like with Relay, we can do whatever we want because it's ours and the risks are ours to take and the rewards are ours to take as well. Well, I think that's what leads most people down the road of entrepreneurship is is that sense of freedom, that sense of freedom and control. And I guess if we want to get all psychological or philosophical about it, we could argue whether or not it's it's an illusion or it's real. But, you know, when you do your own thing, there definitely is a sense of freedom and control that uh, you don't have when you're working for someone else. And you could have the greatest job in the world with the greatest boss and the greatest schedule and the greatest salary and the greatest everything. But there's something different about waking up in the morning and knowing that what you're doing, you're doing for yourself and you can make anything out of this day that you want it to be. Like there's just some, there's some magical power in that for people like me. It sounds like you too. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess getting into, uh, so, so how did this transition happen? You know, you're now, now you are doing it full time. When did you quit your day job? Um, was it when you started Relay or, you know, tell me how that, that what that transition was like. Uh, Relay launched in August of last year of 2014. Um, and then I handed in a month notice at my day job in October. Um, quite simply because we had a really good start and we were taking lots of sponsorship bookings. And I was looking forward over the next three months seeing what we had and what we believed, you know, I would be able to take from that. And then looking at how much more I wanted to do and how much time I needed to devote to the thing. And we decided that it was, it made sense. So I kind of took the plunge. So starting Relay was the first time that, as you said, that first goal, like you had to be able to make as much money as you were making employed, you know, starting Relay was the first time that that ever really happened, which was... You know, obviously, if you 30 days later gave your notice, it happened pretty quickly. You realized this is going to be I'm going to be able to make this thing work financially. Yeah. And I think one of the key parts of it is like, you know, without going into too much detail, um, I make money as an owner of the business and as a host of the shows. Yeah. And I obviously wasn't making that before. Yeah. You know, 
and it like when we were doing advertising with five by five, I was making money as a host, which was good, but it wasn't enough stability and enough for me. But now yeah. I kind of I have a couple of different revenue streams, you know, and that that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious about the whole network side of things because you know, as many people know. Um, I mentioned before, I started Good Stuff with two good friends, uh, Chris Sens and Tim Smith, and, and I'm no longer a part of it. I dropped out of it last November. And the reason I did that is because I realized that I I thought going into it that I wanted to build a podcast network. And I realized after six, seven, eight months that that's actually not what I wanted to do. What I really wanted to do was just make podcasts, make my own podcasts. And so... Um, what's the difference kind of between, you know, making shows and, and, and running a network? I mean, I, I know there's big differences here, but, um, I don't know, like how, how do you, how do you, do you love both parts of that or is it one and the same for you? This is kind of a confusing question, but <laughs> do you understand what I'm getting uh, at? Well, maybe I, I love running a podcast network because Relay FM is like a family. Yeah. And we we worked together really well and we're growing and it's exciting and together we share in our like success yeah and and you know if if there are any failures like we will be together for those as well like uh, there's and there's just so many things from a logistical business standpoint that makes sense to me i don't want to have just one podcast like yeah that's a big thing for me so wh- wh- why not just from just because I have differing interests and they don't all fit under the same show. I wouldn't want to put all of the things that I enjoy in one show. It would be too much. It'd be too confusing. Well, why not then just have multiple shows that you do, but not have, you know what I'm saying? You could have a network that's essentially just the Mike Hurley network versus having other people. Like what's the draw there? Is that financial or is that just because, Hey, I like these people. I want to be working with them every day. Yes. It's the latter. Like, we we could have expanded and could expand much faster like there have there have been things that that we've considered doing not nothing other than just we want to work with these people yeah rather than financial and there we don't we don't make those kinds of decisions because of the finances involved mm-hmm. it's just not the way that i like to work it's not really how i do business um i i like to just do things because they make sense and because they they interest me yeah and then and then maybe later work out if it's possible to make money from them like we don't we don't enter into those kind of discussions just because of the money involved because it's just it's just not what pushes my buttons yeah um and well i was gonna say what was that what was that like when you turned in that notice i mean it had been five years you know or almost five years and you're finally doing it. Like, was that a thrill? Like, was it a huge weight off your shoulders? Was it scary? Did you feel like, oh man, the pressure's on now? I mean, what, what was your state of mind when you, you know, you're launching this new company? Yeah, I don't think I've ever been scared. Um, I'm confident in what we're doing and, and I believe in it. So like, there are times where it's like, ah, something didn't go right, you know, or whatever. It's like, ah, I'm scared about this one thing, but I've never had like a prevailing sense of like fear that we can't do this because I believe that we can. Um, but the handing in my notice and doing all of that, like it was incredible because it was like, you've done it. Like this was it. Like this was the goal to be a podcaster. Like there are many other things you've wanted to do and there are many things you've achieved along the way, but they were all leading to this point. And like you yeah. are now able to support yourself financially and you're in a better financial position than you ever have been before because of the thing that you love to do. Like there aren't many people in the world that get to do that. Yeah. And I consider myself one of the very, very lucky few. Does it feel, do you feel satisfied? Do you feel like fulfilled and, you know, maybe not ultimately in like an existential sense, but are you, um, do you, do, you, do you feel fulfilled and satisfied? Like this is what you wanted to do and you've done it and it's exactly what you hoped it would be. Only to a point. I never sit still. Um, so like I, I'm only ever satisfied for a short period of time and then I have an idea of a different thing that I want to work on. Yeah. Like a new idea. Or I have a new thing that I want to achieve. Like I don't let myself like a, I believe that you should be happy with the things that you achieve, but don't bask in them. 
Yeah. Like it's just not, I just don't think that, well, one, like, you know, I don't think that there's, it, well, obviously there's not a lot of humility in it. Like you kind of have to be, I believe, a little bit humble about your achievements and don't shout them from rooftops. Sure. Um, and also as well, like you're, you're only ever as good as your next success. Is That's the way that I live anyway. Yeah. Like, because if you want to continue growing and you want to continue getting better, you've got to keep pushing yourself and just sitting back and resting on your laurels is no way to do that. Well, what I meant was, as you said, after you achieved the goal of getting to five by five, you had a new goal, you know, mm-hmm. and now that you've achieved the goal of launching Relay and being a full-time podcaster, has a new goal popped up yet or, or are you still enjoying the success of, of what you've created? Well, now it's kind of like, there isn't so much like I need to have a new business, but now it's like now the goals remain within relay and the things that I want to do there. So it's like with inquisitive now, I want inquisitive to be incredibly successful. Yeah. Um, and so far, like it's been received extremely well and, and we're really, really thrilled with the response that we've had. Um, and I want to be able to make that show the best it can be. And then I want to be able to apply things that I learned to other things that I do and, and work that way. So now it's, I'm still trying to, I think, work out what the bigger goals are um, because ultimately like I'm, I'm satisfied with the main thing that I have achieved. Yeah. So now like all of my goals are smaller goals that sit within the fact that you've, you know, you've done it kid. Is there any one or a couple little, like, what's different about 70 decibels and Relay? I mean, I'm sure you started 70 decibels with the hopes of going full-time with it. And uh, now you've done that with Relay. Um, what, what's different this time around? It's a professional business. Um, and I have help. And we, we do things with more thought in mind. Um and it's experience like that's the difference i have a lot of experience now and i know how to do certain things and if i don't know then i now have connections and people that can help me do others like the the difference between where we were and and where we are now is purely time like and and i'm sure that that relay in 5 years time is going to be so different to how it is now and it's just the same idea like I continue to learn and I continue to apply the things that I learn and we're just doing new stuff all the time. And the reason it's different is simply because we're different people. I mean, what I'm saying is, do you think Relay could have existed without 70 decibels or, or, or you know, because I'm fascinated about people and businesses or, or do you think, you know, you had to go through what you did with 70 decibels as Seth Godin told me and talks about all the time to, you have to do something long enough um, until you're good enough at it. So, I mean, um, I mean, do you think that 70 decibels had to have happened? Like you had to learn, go through that and learn what you learned in order to know what to do differently this time around. 100%. Like, and it's not even about knowing what to do differently as well. It's just like, I had to take the path that I've taken from 70 decibels to five by five to here. I had to take that path to get here. Like I couldn't have got here magically without doing all of the things that came before it. Like it just never would have happened. So it's like all of those things lead to me being where I am now. Like it's just the path that I've been on. And if I wouldn't have joined five by five, I don't know where I'd be now, but it would be different. Like if I would have just started out at five by five and never done 70 decibels again, I don't know where I'd be now, but it'd be different. Where, where, where do you, do you have specific goals for, I'm sure you do for relay. This is not what I meant to ask. What I'm trying to say is, um, what's your dream for Relay? What do you really want to accomplish? What are you trying to do here? Um, I just want to be bigger. Like, I, I just want us to have more amazing shows. I want us to be have a bigger audience. Uh, and I, I just want the network to grow and like not to be unwieldy, but to just to grow in all directions and just be a more incredible thing than it is already. You know, like I just want it to be more of a name, uh, like a household name in the little circle that I operate in and to be given the, you know, to have like the inbuilt respect uh, that I mentioned at five by five ads, like 
And I, I genuinely, I think that we're we're getting there like really, really quickly. Um, but I just want people to regard Relay FM very highly, uh, and and that's kind of what we set out to do every day is to to prove that. Yeah. Well, that's amazing, man. I mean, congratulations. I'm glad you're finally, you know, it's cool to hear these stories of, you know, you know, and it took five years. I think that's, that's the difficulty is a lot of people get an idea and they, and they, you know, I do the same thing and you want it to happen in a month, you know, but it took five years for you to get to the point where you're doing the thing that you wanted to do, but now you're doing it and you're doing it in a way that's not, you know, very fragile and could potentially blow up any day, but that it's, it's, uh, it's stable and it's working. Completely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Any, what would you, you know, a lot of people listening, I think are interested in podcasting. I mean, it's blowing up. I mean, parting, parting word, a word of wisdom, I guess, to someone out there who's listening, who wants to start a podcast or dreams of starting a network or just dreams of doing that thing. And they're not there yet. They're still doing their full-time job. And they really, it seems like the where they are to where they want to be doing their thing just seems so far away and so hard of a road. What what, what would you say to them? Uh, find the thing that you love to talk about and talk about that. Like, just don't worry about making it a business. Don't even think about it. Don't think about making money. Don't think about trying to find a, ta- a thousand people to listen to your show. Like, just find the thing that you enjoy talking about, not the thing that you think is going to be the most successful, but the thing that you love. So when you're working on it at 2 a.m., you don't regret it. You don't hate it. Because at the end of the day, you love talking about it, regardless of what the hard work will be. And if you do that, you'll get better at it. And then you can think about building a business out of it later. It's like anything, like anything creative. Like nobody just wakes up one day and they're overnight success. Like it doesn't work like that. You have to put the effort and you have to put the time in. And the best way that you're going to be able to do that is to talk about the thing that you love because you'll be able to talk about it better than anybody else. Well, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Mike, for being on the show. Be sure and check back for part two on Friday where we kind of took a deep dive into Inquisitive, what he's doing with that show. Some interesting stuff there. I think you're going to enjoy it. Thanks to our two new sponsors, Hover and Harvest. Be sure and check them both out. Both great services that I have used for many years and cannot recommend highly enough. And thanks to you for listening. Seriously. I, I, I struggle every day to do this show because, you know, I'm a whiny little bitch. And, yeah. But I appreciate the emails, the comments, the donations, just everything you guys do. And it really helps me. And I'm, I'm still doing it because I, I, I enjoy it and, and I hope it's helpful. So look us up on Twitter, at AV Clark on Twitter or on the Facebooks. If you enjoy this show, then the best thing you could do, honestly, is tell your friends about it and leave me a rating and review in iTunes. That would be wonderful. I would greatly appreciate that. Hope you have a great rest of your day and check back on Friday for part two with Mike Hurley. And until then, I'll see you next time. I don't know. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?